welcome to you wherever you're at, whomever you're with. Uh, we hope that uh, you are doing great, and we're so glad that you're here with us on this special weekend. Hope that you had an absolutely amazing Thanksgiving day and uh, got you filled of all the things that you enjoy. And, uh, you know, also hope that uh, you did well on Good Friday, found all those bargains. You know, uh, you'll see from this picture, uh, they say that lines like this on Good Friday are becoming a thing of the past. And uh, in fact, the new American hero is, uh, are these people right here? These are the uh, Amazon Prime delivery folks. And, uh, you know, they're the ones who are responsible for you uh, getting that big screen TV, getting that... Uh, wardrobe, uh, whatever items you feel like you need to move forward. And uh, uh, today's message is kind of taken off uh, on those new American heroes. In fact, uh, this message is called The Most Prime Delivery. And uh, I think as we get into this uh, teaching, uh, you will identify with what that title means. Uh, you know, we're going to finish up this series called Lovers and Friends. And uh, the series is kind of based on this truth that Jesus said, if we follow him, we go through this transition of being uh, just servants uh, to becoming his friends. And uh, here's what he says, John 15, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I have learned from my father, I had made known to you. And, you know, Jesus wants us to feel like as we walk with him, that we go through this uh, change where uh, it's not just about us experiencing uh, God's love and forgiveness. It's about us joining Christ in his effort to communicate that to others. That is uh, the business that he is in. And uh, he wants us to experience the joy of sharing that with him. Well, uh, as we come to the end of John's gospel account of Jesus uh, that is not what the disciples are engaged in. In fact, we're told in John chapter 20, verse 19, on the evening of that first day of the week, and this is uh, post-resurrection, it's after Christ has risen from the dead, uh, when the disciples were together, we're told, with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders. And Jesus came and stood among them, and he said, Peace be with you. And after he said this, he showed them his hands and his side, and the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. You know, this is a very descriptive place where Christ finds uh, his faithful followers, those he's uh, taken beyond servants. They become his friends. They share uh, his master's business. Uh, here they are uh, locked behind closed doors for fear of the Jews, and it's kind of a graphic portrayal that we can be in relationship with the living God. We can feel loved and empowered by Jesus, and yet living behind closed doors, a trap for fear of people. And I would just say this to you. You know, it's impossible to love people if we're afraid of people. It's impossible to serve people if we're trying to please people. Those two are mutually exclusive, and uh, that kind of comes to a a focus as uh, Jesus finds uh, his closest friends locked behind closed doors for fear of the Jews. And uh, it's interesting that uh, the very first thing uh, Jesus does uh, to get his, uh, 
his prime delivery guys uh, more ready for the task is he imparts peace to them. He awakens joy in them. And I happen to believe those two qualities are essential for doing the work of God in the world. We must first experience peace with God to know that we're good with God. He loves us. He's for us. He's demonstrated the depth of his compassion and kindness extended to us. And so we experience a sense of well-being with God. We're no longer, as Paul the Apostle would write, we're no longer enemies with God in our minds and our hearts, but we feel connected, we feel accepted, and out of that, there's a sense of joy. And so as Jesus moves, his servants now become friends, sharing in his business. As he moves them along, he assures them, he's with them, he, he restores that peace and that joy to them. And then he gives them uh, their work assignment. We're said, uh, again, Jesus said, peace be with you. And then this amazing statement, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Now, uh, you know, there's some really huge statements in the Bible. In fact, the Bible is a book of huge statements. Uh, think of the very beginning it says, God spoke and said, let there be light. And the, the heavens came into existence. That's a bombastically huge statement. And the Bible is filled with those kinds of uh, uh, proclamations. Uh, but here is one that I think trumps them all. You got to really kind of get your brain around this. Uh, Jesus said to his friends who share his business, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And think about that. Uh, Jesus, uh, we're about to celebrate Christmas, you know, and uh, we, we believe that the infinite, eternal God, the Word of God became flesh and lived among us, and God sent his one and only Son into the world to reveal God, to reveal the nature of God, the heart of God, to lay down his life, to demonstrate the depth of God's love for people. And if you can begin to connect the dots, uh, Jesus said in the same way that God sent me uh, to reach people and to draw people to God, I'm sending you into the world. And uh, think about uh, how Jesus went about that. If you uh, read John's gospel, uh, think of Jesus encountering a woman at the well. You know, and as we uh, read the account, this woman was a social outcast. She was a loser in relationships. She'd been burned through five marriages. And here Jesus, uh, sent by God to do the work of God, is demonstrating the heart of God towards this woman by giving her a place, by accepting her, by listening to her, by uh, sharing the generosity of God. If you knew the gift of God, you would have asked, and he would have given you living water and directing her into a, a healthy uh, relationship of worship with her creator. Uh, as the Father has sent me, Jesus said, I'm sending you to do that kind of thing. And so I would ask you, how do you do that? How do you do the work that Jesus has commissioned you to do? As the Father sent me, I'm sending you into the world. I think a little further on in John's gospel in chapter 8, uh, Jesus comes upon a woman who is about to be put to death because of her sinful lifestyle. She was caught in adultery, 
And uh, Jesus steps between her accusers and her, and uh, he demonstrates, uh, again, the compassion and mercy of God. He says to this woman, he doesn't condemn her. He liberates her to a healthier life. You know, how do you do that? How do you do that with people uh, who are feeling condemned, feeling judged, perhaps by the church and by religious people? Uh, Jesus said, as the Father sent me into the world, I am sending you. And so a great question would be, uh, how do I live that out? If this is part and parcel to being a Christ follower, as the Father sent me, I am sending you. How do you do that? You look at the end uh, of Jesus' life as he's uh, hanging on a cross, looking upon those who tortured him, who uh, abused him, and out of the depth of his being, he says, Father, forgive them. Uh, they don't know what they're doing. And uh, in doing so, displayed the limitless, the unfathomable love of God for broken people. And Jesus said uh, that was the work that God sent him to do. He said, I do the works I see the Father doing. In fact, my food is to do the will of him who sent me. So I would ask you the question, if you're a believer in Jesus, how do you do that? Uh, as the Father sent Jesus, he sends us into the world. And, uh, you know, uh, however you would answer that question, I know I, I could sit down and tell you what I do to try to be in the world as Jesus was in the world. Uh, however you do that, you will do it better if you get what happened next as Jesus uh, went behind those locked doors, banished uh, the fear, imparted peace and joy, reminded them of their duty and their calling to be prime delivery people. Here's what he said. Uh, after saying, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them. And he said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. You know, uh, this is just as big of a statement as the fact that Jesus says, as the Father sent me, I'm sending you now. He breathes on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. You know, when Jesus began uh, his ministry, his service to the world, uh, he stood up in, the, in church one Sunday in the synagogue, and he opened this, uh, the scroll of the scriptures to Isaiah, and he said, the Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor, to bind up the brokenhearted, and to bring beauty for ashes and all these amazing uh, healing, empowering virtues of God. He said, came upon me when the Spirit of God rested on me. And now uh, Jesus, uh, as he's sending out uh, his delivery guys, he, he breathes on them and says, receive this same Holy Spirit that will uh, give you the ability to communicate the life of God that will give you uh, the thoughts of God to share with people. It will direct your steps in the same way that Jesus said, uh, I do the works I see the Father doing. He now imparts the Spirit in, in such an up-close and personal way. He breathes on them and says, receive this same Spirit so that you can go into the world and be sent in the same way that I was sent by God. These are, uh, these are big thoughts. 
These are profound thoughts. And, uh, you know, how do we live that out? How do we open up to that truth? Especially this idea, Jesus said, if you forgive the sins of people, they will be forgiven. Uh, if you don't forgive them, they're not going to be forgiven. And what's he saying? That we people, uh, followers of Jesus, have the ability to send someone to heaven or to hell? You know, I don't think that's what Jesus is imparting to his followers. You may wish you had that authority at times, but uh, I do believe this. Uh, Jesus is fully empowering his followers to communicate the forgiveness of God. And he's basically saying, look, uh, you who've experienced the uh, unfathomable love of God through the work of the cross, uh, you who have this favored relationship, you have peace with God, you have joy. If you don't communicate the forgiveness of God to people who are far from him, who will? Who will make that delivery to people who sit in darkness, who, who wish that there was a God who cared about them, who loved them, who would uh, give himself for them. Uh, Jesus imparts uh, the ability through his spirit uh, for people to communicate that forgiveness of God, that mercy and that grace of God. And uh, if we don't do it, uh, who will? And, uh, you know, I love how the early church latched onto this truth they knew that they had this incredible message of hope that they had experienced uh, all that the, the Father had entrusted to Jesus. He had entrusted to them, sent them out. And so they went out into the world proclaiming the forgiveness of sins, the ability to know their creator through the finished work of the Son of God. Uh, here's how the Apostle Paul, a few decades later, would kind of summarize this work of being the most prime delivery people on the earth. Here's what he said uh, as we uh, follow Jesus through this world. He said, now, from now on, we regard no one from an earthly or a worldly point of view, though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, here's how we see people. If anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. All of this is from God who uh, restored us or reconciled us to himself through Christ. And these are important words. And gave us the ministry of restoring people to God. Uh, the ones whose sins you forgive, they will be forgiven, Jesus said. God entrusted that wonderful message to us that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ. Uh, again, hear this, not counting people's sins against them. As the Father sent Jesus into the world to broadcast that message, he sends us. Uh, Paul says in verse 20, therefore, we are Christ's ambassadors. We are empowered to represent him as though God were making his appeal through us. And we implore people on Christ's behalf be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. You know, that's a profound message. Uh, people can be released from anything that would uh, distance them or separate them from shame, their brokenness, their, root, their uh, habits, whatever it is, their history. None of that 
can keep people from experiencing the love of God through Christ. And so I would end this message by asking this question, how do you do that? How, how do you go about this business that Jesus has brought you into, sent you into the world, breathed his spirit upon you to empower you to do exactly what he did in the world? How do you do that? And, uh, you know, I had a friend uh, kind of, I look at him as an example of someone who did this really, really well. In fact, his initials were J.C., and they almost could have stood for Jesus Christ, but they stood for Jerry Cook. And uh, this guy embodied to me uh, exactly what we're talking about today, how we communicate this incredible good news that has been entrusted to us. We've been sent out to deliver it anywhere and everywhere. And uh, I remember... Uh, thinking about this uh, J.C.'s influence on my life. And uh, if I were to summarize it, I would say it like this. He made you want to be a better person. He's just being around him, uh, receiving from him uh, the way that truth came through his life. It made you want to be better. It made you want to be a better follower of Christ. In fact, uh, in one of his books, uh, he wrote a story. Uh, as a young man, he went to work in a steel yard. And... Uh, as you might guess or imagine, there was a lot of colorful language being spoke there. And he said one of the guys just seemed to have the foulest mouth of any of his coworkers. And as Jerry got to know him, he went on one occasion having lunch. He said, you know, Jerry, since I've known you, I've quit cursing as much. And Jerry said, oh, well, I hadn't noticed, but I didn't know you wanted to quit cursing as much. And uh, this seemed to open a, a door of disclosure uh, into this guy's heart and into his life. And he began to say, you know, uh, that's the language he learned growing up. And all of his life, he, he'd been rather ashamed uh, by the words that came out of his mouth. And it got to a point where his uh, wife was saying, you either got to change the way you talk or I'm leaving. And uh, he didn't know how to break uh, out of these uh, habits, these self-sabotaging uh, way of speaking, and until uh, he met Jerry, and then he found that just being around him uh, sort of empowered him to become a better person. And, uh, you know, I think in a nutshell, uh, that's really a kind of uh, a glimpse into this ministry that Jesus uh, steps behind closed doors, releases us from our fear, opens up to us the peace and the joy of God, breathes his spirit of life upon us, and then sends us out into the world to have that influence on others. Uh, would you join me in a prayer? Uh, Father, thank you for this incredible love that you have for us that uh, enlivens us, makes us want to walk with you, want to live for you. Uh, thank you, Jesus, that you, uh, you settled Every debt we had before God, uh, you allowed us to experience absolute, complete forgiveness, release from our sins and brokenness. You made us sons and daughters of God. And thank you, Lord, that you invite us uh, as lovers and friends into your business. You entrust your work to us. You've given to us the message of reconciliation. I pray, God, as we move into this next season, uh, that we would, uh, our eyes would be open. Our hearts would be filled, and uh, we would re-engage in this wonderful mission that you've entrusted to us. 
We pray this in Christ's mighty name. Amen.